Who wants to be a superhero? Erica Belfry once did. But after an ill-fated attempt to stop a supervillain's bank robbery, she found herself on the wrong side of the law as the supervillain Princess Crash. Now partnered with Jefferson, alias Weatherman, a crotchety thespian with storm powers, and ironically the same villain she tried to stop in her first heroic venture, Erica finds herself navigating the complicated world behind the cape. One in which every daring hero and villainous heel answers to a corrupt secret organization known only as the Board. Forced to battle heroes in orchestrated public bouts known as capers, Erica for a while enjoyed her new adventures as a pretend villain. That was until she discovered the harsh truth. Although their capers were planned, the consequences of a heel losing a caper and being caught meant going to prison for life. Now caught as pawns in the schemes of the true enemies who control the battleground, Erica and Jefferson recognize the dangers they face. For this is a dangerous world for those who don't play their parts in this theater of heels. Support me on Patreon. Previously on Theater of Heels, by all accounts, Ryan Kingsford, alias Spearhawk, has led a charmed life. He's one of the preeminent heroes of the Capes Corps, has the admiration of friend and foe alike, and enjoys a nearly flawless win record. However, the traumatic events of the Battle of Hopper Station weigh heavily on his soul. Ryan helplessly watched Sleek recklessly fire a missile at his friend, Waterfall, severely injuring her in the process. Waterfall's husband, Clan, then tried to kill Sleek in retaliation, but Ryan halted his attack, barely. After which, the Board of Inquiry arrived and took the terrified Waterfall away against her will. Now, as the weeks gone by, Ryan is left with more questions than answers. Tired of running into dead end after dead end, he decides to go looking for answers himself. Unfortunately, his little sister April has decided to tag along. And now, I present you with our story. Part 5. Searching for Friends Chapter 22. Lost Loved Ones Hello? Is anyone home? Ryan knocked again on the front door of the two-story suburban home. Didn't you call to see if Mr. and Mrs. Kamiyami were home before we visited? Ryan glanced back at his little sister, April, who, per her custom, was sifting through the smooth stones of the rock garden that lined their entry's pathway. Ryan shook his head. No, I didn't get a hold of them. And we were in the neighborhood, so I thought we'd check in on them. April rolled her eyes. No, we weren't. We drove a full 40 minutes to get here. I didn't miss one of my favorite streamers debuting Fluff Kittens 2. Fluff Kittens 2? She sighed. I've only been talking about this game for weeks. You know, the resource management 2D platform it allows you to... She paused as she noticed the blank look on his face. It's a fun game where you get to play as a fully customizable kitten. Oh. Well, that sounds like fun. Ryan said uncertainly. April rolled her eyes. Sure, brother. Ryan told his head to listen for a moment. When he didn't hear any activity, he sighed. Listen, I'm sorry I dragged you out like this, but I was hoping you could play with Nima and Takashi's kids while I got the chance to talk to them. April looked at him strangely. What? April nodded to the door. Are you worried about them? 
Ron's eyes widened slightly before he managed to school his expression. A little. He sighed. Actually, more than a little, if I'm being honest. Neither of them will return my phone calls. It just goes straight to voicemail. And I just wanted to come by to see if they're okay. April looked around the house and said in a quiet voice, It doesn't look like they're home. Ryan shook his head as he looked around the house. The lawn was mowed, and the hedges along the house were pristinely trimmed. No cars were in the driveway, but they could have easily been parked in a two-car garage. Ryan said, Come on. He took his sister's hand and walked around the side of the building, up to the house's wooden privacy fence. Ryan tried the door, but it was locked. April hissed nervously. What are you doing? Ryan glanced around. When he saw no one was watching him from the nearby houses, he scooped his sister up into his arms. Okay, hold on. What are you doing? April asked as she wrapped her arms around his shoulders. He grinned back at her. She nestled in tighter inside. Go ahead. Ryan vaulted straight up and over the fence, landing agilely on the other side. April giggled despite herself. See? That wasn't so bad. April slid out of his arms and punched him in the shoulder. You are such a dummy. Ryan ruffled her hair before he strode up to the backyard. As he rounded the corner, the smile left his face. The backyard pool started to turn green. The once pristine artificial waterfall built on the side sputtered and gurgled as a thin layer of algae began to gunk up its water intake. Ryan's eyes searched the topiary trees that lined the pool's patio. Takashi notoriously trimmed the trees into intricate shapes of animals. Errant sprigs were starting to burst through the once meticulously manicured lion, rabbit, monkey, and dragon. Sensing a sudden shift in her brother's attitude, April asked, What's wrong? He shook his head. Ryan didn't know how to explain it. Takashi was nothing if not precise in his every thought and deed. He loved this area of his home most of all. He took exceptional care of his backyard. Ryan and April had been to their home enough times to know it. When Takashi wasn't swinging a literal sword, he was an unrepentant barbecue dad. He and Nima threw parties and get-togethers for just about every occasion. Why does your pool look so yucky? I don't know, Ryan said quietly. Does this have anything to do with what happened at Hopper Station a few weeks back? Ryan looked back at her, surprised. How do you know about that? April shrugged. It was all over the news. You watch the news? And you still watch cartoons. What's your point? At a loss for words, Ryan stared blankly at his sister. April rolled her eyes. Is this about Hopper Station thing or not? He nodded. A little... Nima, Mrs. Kamiyama, had gotten hurt, and I... What could he say? Wanted to see that she was still alive, or no longer horribly injured? Out loud, he said. Wanted to see if she was okay. April looked away before saying, You always said that your fights were all make-believe. They are. Well, there's an element of realism in them that make them look real. But, yeah, they're mostly make-believe. But the news said lots of people had gotten hurt when Mrs. Kamiyami threw that gas truck with her water powers. Uh, Ron shook his head. She didn't cause that explosion. 
She was one of the people hurt by it. Really? April asked wide-eyed. Yeah, Mrs. Kamiyami actually tried to use her powers to protect everyone around her. She did? Ryan nodded. Wow. So that's why we're here? Yeah. Okay. April took her brother's hand as he led her around the back of the house. The second sign they found him is was that the sliding glass door was wide open. That is also unlike Takashi, who diligently guarded their electric bill. Ryan smiled as he heard his friend's voice. You're letting out the bot air. A deep sense of foreboding settled into the pit of his stomach. As he looked down at his sister, he felt a sudden pang of fear. He thought, Ryan, how can you be so stupid? Why did you bring her here like this? But the answer was readily apparent too. He didn't expect to find an empty house. He thought April could play with her friends, giving him and Takashi the chance to catch up. Now that hindsight was laid out before him, Ryan realized his mistake. Something was clearly wrong, but what he could not say. He reflected on his last interaction with Takashi. The swordsman was crazy with terror and rage. Takashi was fully ready to hurt him, maybe more. Ryan couldn't understand why. Nima, his wife, his love, was hurt by... He saw Nima lie on the ground, burnt and panting. Dread filled her eyes. Don't let them... Let them take me! He saw Sleek take aim and fire her missile. Ryan's scream tore from his throat. No! Ryan shook his head and looked down at his sister. The girl was staring at him with her ever-scrutinizing eyes. He smoothed his features. Listen, wait here for a moment. I'm going to check to make sure everyone is... What? thought. Check to see if everyone is okay? Make sure nothing bad is happening? Why did I bring my sister headfirst into this mess? To her, he said. Ready to see any visitors. April raised an eyebrow. You really think someone is here? He shook his head. No, not really. She took a step towards the door. I want to come with you. He held her back. No, just stay here until I get back. But why? He didn't have an answer. At least one he was willing to say aloud to a little girl who may be too smart for her own good, but still was ultimately just a kid. He said firmly, Just stay here. April's adorable face glowered at him, but she said nothing else. His search through the Kamiyami's home was unsettling, but not much more. Ryan would be lying if he said he knew what he was looking for. Sure, he was strong and acrobatic, but he definitely wasn't a detective. They were messy, but more in a lived-in kind of messy, not in a room that had been tossed sort of way. He thought that there might have been a creased level of dust, but in truth, his thorough search yielded nothing more than an empty house with an unintended pool, an unkempt topiary garden, and a back door that had been left wide open. He came here to see if his friends were okay, but he only found more questions. When he entered the living room, he saw that his sister had gotten bored with the search. She now sat aimlessly in one of the chairs by the pool, playing a game on her phone. Ryan sighed. He didn't know what to expect. 
It's not as if answers would come knocking on the door. Not, not, not. Ryan's eyes bulged. He glanced outside at his sister, who lowered her game as she looked through the house at the front door with interest. He gave her a wait there gesture and headed for the door. Whoever was there knocked again as he reached for the handle and opened the door. On the other side of the door stood a woman in her mid-thirties. She initially had a relieved smile on her face as he opened the door. She said, Oh my god, I thought they got in their grips into you. You! Her eyes bulged as she took an involuntary step back when she realized she was talking to Ryan. Ryan held up his hands. Wait! Get away from me! She snarled. Ryan stared at her and let his hand drop. What? I'm sorry I startled you. I'm not here to hurt you or anything. I was just checking up on my friends. He recognized her from somewhere, but he couldn't quite place where they had met before. He licked his lips and said, Have you heard from the Kamiyamas lately? The woman's face darkened. Ron was taken aback by her expression. She was staring at him with pure loathing. No, she hissed. Weren't they with you before they disappeared? Or were they too beneath you to notice? It was Ryan's turn for his eyes to bulge. What? Why would you say such a thing? She glared at him with tears burning on the edges of her vision. Once again, Ryan was struck with how familiar she looked. Except he never remembered anyone ever looking at him like this before in his life. Listen, I'm sorry if I scared or offended you in some way. I feel like we met before, but for the life of me, I can't remember where. She scoffed, and the tears broke free and flowed unabated down her cheeks. She waved her hands up. Of course you don't remember me. I mean, why would you? You only... <coughs> Overcome with a sudden bountiful fury, the woman threw her hands to the heavens and screamed. She slammed her clenched fist to her thigh and dropped to her knees. Instinctively, Brian stepped forward, reaching out for her. She recoiled back, snarling. Get away from me! You've done enough to my family already! I wish I... Mrs. Peterson? Ryan and the woman turned back to face the house's open door. April stood in the doorway. The woman, Mrs. Peterson, stared at April wide-eyed. Something in her shifted instantly. She wiped her tears and stood up abruptly, immediately composed. April, what are you doing here? April looked between them, then licked her lips as she said, I'm here with my brother Ryan. Mrs. Peterson's eyes bulged as she pointed at Ryan. He's your brother? April nodded. Yeah, he takes care of me since we lost. She trailed off and looked away. Mrs. Peterson looked at Ryan questioningly. Her open malice temporarily subsided. Ryan answered. I've been April's guardian since we lost our parents to a car crash a few years back. April added. Two years. Seven months and 23 days. Mrs. Peterson straightened up and looked between them with red-rimmed eyes. She sighed heavily as she heaved something massive in her chest. She glared at Ryan. Okay, if you care for her at all, you need to leave now. It's not safe for her to be here. What? Mrs. Peterson glanced around nervously. I've said everything I can. Take April and leave now before it's too late. She then abruptly spun for the street. Wait, where are you going? Mrs. Peterson strode across the street. She hissed over her shoulder. I'm sorry, but I can't say any more. I have my own family to protect. Please, just leave now. 
trying to repeat it down time. Your own family to protect? What's that supposed to mean? He held up his hand. Come back! Mrs. Pearson ignored him as she entered the house across the street and slammed the door behind her. She can't just say something like that and leave, Ryan said aloud. Ryan started forward but stopped when he felt a small hand holding his. He looked down at April. Ryan, let's just go. But April looked at him with a wisdom that belied her young years. Please, let's go. Looking down at his sister, Mrs. Peterson's words echoed through his head. If you care for her at all, you need to leave now. It's not safe for her to be here. Okay, we'll go. April nodded and looked around nervously. April? She looked up at him. How do you know Mrs. Peterson? She looked at him strangely. Her son, Billy, is in my class at school. Oh. She also used to have that restaurant we used to go to all the time in the maze. The one that closed. When he looked at her blankly, she elaborated. You know, the ones with the bacon wrapped cheese and steak strips? Ryan's eyes widened. You mean razor bites? April nodded. That's the one. Ryan frowned. Razor bites closed? Mm-hmm. They closed it after Mr. Peterson disappeared. Ryan stared at her. Mr. Peterson, as in razor bite, disappeared? April nodded sadly. Billy still cries about it in class sometimes. Oh. That's awful. When did he leave? April shrugged. About six months ago? Six months ago? Ryan repeated. Yeah. Ryan thought that. The shorter eyes punctured his soul. The last time Ryan had seen Razorbite was six months ago, when he defeated him on a caper. He wasn't sure of the implication, but he didn't like it. Ryan heard Mrs. Peterson's words again. If you care for her at all, you need to leave now. It's not safe for her to be here. He pulled his sister to his car. Come on, we're going. April nodded. Okay. Ryan backed his car out onto the street. As he left, he glanced over at Mrs. Peterson's house. The curtain shifted as someone stepped back from the window. He sped down the street, leaving his friend's house with more questions than answers. Discover what's happening on the next episode of Theater Heals after these messages. On the next episode of Theater Heals, Volume 2, Heroes, Heists, and Heels. After a strange encounter in Waterfall and Clan's empty house, Ryan invites his old friend Harry Fox, the superhero sprinter, to his home to hang out. As they discuss Ryan's growing concerns about the missing heels, an uninviting guest arrives, making the friendly get-together much more tense. Tune in next week for Theater of Heels, Volume 2, Chapter 23, Reflecting on Fear. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theater of Heels. I hope you enjoyed my tale of heroes and villains. If you like this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. I also have another podcast titled Stories by the Fire. It's an eclectic range of short stories and longer epics told in a darker ambiance. All these tales and more are available on my website, ChristopherChansey.com, and my YouTube channel, Theater of Heels and my other novels are also available on Amazon.com and other fine book retailers. 
If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. There you get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May your journey always be a heroic one. Farewell.